we're going to jump straight into things. And um, I'm so encouraged by our brand new series called Anchored. And we really believe that this is a significant series because we're speaking about the topic hope. And we all know that we are hopeful because Jesus is in our life. And according to the Word of God, because He's in our life and we have declared that He's our Lord and Savior, we will not perish, but we will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus one day. And that's a promise that we can hold on to. It's hope that we can hold on to. But it's all good that we have this hope, but there are many people who are hopeless in this world. So our prayer is that we are going to see so many people who are hopeless become hopeful because of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, let's go, like I said, straight into it. I, I love the power of a, a testimony. Who ever gets encouraged when someone shares their testimony? And I think it's the most rewarding thing to hear someone share what God has done in their life. But I want to remind each and every one of you that you all carry a powerful testimony. It's not just for a select few. God has given us each an individual testimony where we can be a witness for God wherever we go. But before we go on, I want to share a few testimonies with you. Is that okay? So I asked a few people to just share some of their testimonies with me. And the first one was uh, of a a very good friend of mine who grew up in in a rough environment, but ended up making decisions which weren't constructive for his life. And these decisions ended up getting him expelled from his school and really just on a path that had no hope. And then it caused him to fall into an addiction with, with drugs and really just something that chained him down. And then he was living a lifestyle which really wasn't life-giving. And it, it was, there was no future in that lifestyle. But then this person met God. And in meeting God and making the greatest decision he's ever made to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he's now gone on this journey where he was once addicted, but now has broken free. Where he was hopeless, but now has hope. Where he was serving himself, but now serves God. He ended up becoming a youth pastor and in working in corporate. And now he is an executive pastor on staff and is Dieter Schroeder. Praise God for his testimony. I then asked another gentleman in our church for his testimony. And he, again, was in high school and and got with the wrong crowd. And in getting with the wrong crowd, made the wrong decisions. And in making the wrong decisions, it caused him to become addicted to drugs and alcohol. And in a realization, he knew that he needed to get help. And in getting help, he met Jesus. And in meeting Jesus, he was broken free from this addiction of drugs and alcohol. In getting free from this addiction and having this hope that is Jesus, he then went on to become part of Dream Team here at church. And he serves in a multitude of different areas. He serves people every week, not just on a Sunday, but many days in the week. And that man is Dusty. Thank you, Jesus, for Dusty. 
Then I asked another young man who I've known for many years, and I asked him, what's your testimony? And he said when he was between the ages of about four, five, or six, he can't really remember, he was invited to come to church. And he went on this journey, and he kind of grew up, but he never really believed. And, and in going to youth, he, he, he met Jesus for the first time. And in getting this, 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 this moment with Jesus, he has now served in our church, in the next generation, in the worship team, high level leader, high output leader, just an incredible young man of God, who I've had the privilege of knowing for many years. And really makes a difference in our next gen ministries. Believes in every young person. And that's Brendan. We love Brendan. Then I was thinking about my wife, and my wife was someone who was brought up in church. She wasn't invited. She wasn't a drug addict that I'm aware of. Thank you, Jesus. But she was invited. I mean, she wasn't invited. She was brought to church by her parents. She was brought up in the house. And in being brought up in the house and falling in love with Jesus and finding Jesus, she served the church pretty much from the day that she was born. She was a youth pastor. She again served on, on a high level leadership team. She now preached this morning at Camps Bay. Uh, she's not on staff, but she serves God. She serves God because she met Jesus. Now the reason I, and there's a few others that I wanted to share, so Guy will forgive me, but I, for the sake of time, Kayla and Deeds took all my time. And this is what it is. I blame Kayla. But the reason I shared there's different spectrums of testimony. The reason I did that was because some of us think that we don't have a testimony. Or some of us are sitting here tonight going, my testimony is not as cool as Dusty's. Or my testimony is not as powerful as Dieter's. I wasn't set free from addiction. I didn't have these crazy things happen in my life. So because nothing crazy happened in my testimony, I'm not going to share my testimony. That is a lie from the devil. We have a powerful testimony, and his name is Jesus. Listen, I thank God that people break through in addiction. I thank God. I thank God that relationships are mended and healed when God comes into the picture. I thank God that people who were, who were lost and broken found purpose and healing in Jesus. I thank God for that. But you can have all of those things happen to you. But take Jesus out the picture, it means nothing. It means nothing. It's not powerful. Because Jesus isn't there. Without Jesus, people are going to go to hell. I need you guys to hear that. Without Jesus in their life, people are going to spend eternity in hell. That's why I'm standing here telling you tonight, the fact that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have got an exceptional testimony to share with people. You were lost, but then you were found. You were destined for hell, but now you're going to go to heaven because of what Jesus said to us. You have got a powerful testimony that our, our Father in heaven wants you to share. Don't believe the lies of the devil. You don't have to have this crazy story. As long as you have Jesus, that's all that matters. So tonight we're speaking about sharing hope. And the title of our message, if you're taking notes, is called Hope Versus the Hopelessness. Hope versus the hopelessness. Hebrews 10 verse 23, before we go on, says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he, for he who promised is faithful. Because he's a faithful God who keeps his promise. 
Our testimony will always be powerful because we're destined for heaven by the grace of God. You have got a powerful testimony because you carry hope. And that's the hope we hold on to. The hope that we know that if we die tonight, we're going to go to heaven. And thank you, Jesus. We're not just going to disappear, but we're going to go to heaven. You have got a powerful testimony that our Savior wants you to share. Now, I want to read Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 14. And then we're going to discuss that as a, as a church tonight. And then this is what it says. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When I walk, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who are created for my glory, who are formed and made, Lead out those who have my eyes but are blind, have ears but are deaf, deaf. All the nations gather together and people and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove they are right so that others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servants who I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be another one. One after me, sorry. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and, and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God, yes, from the ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Now, that's a powerful scripture. And this was God speaking to the Israelites. And the first part of that scripture, the writer was reminding them what God had done for them. That he had taken them out of slavery. That he had protected them. That he had saved them. That he was the one true God. And that they had seen him work in their life. They had seen God perform incredible miracles. That they had been delivered from captivity. God was reminding them that he saved them. I want to remind you tonight that God has saved you. But then, what happens is, he takes him out of that comfort zone. You see, they understood, hey, I'm comfortable, I'm saved. That's, you know, God's, God's on my side. I, I'm just going to live my life knowing that God's taken me out of this and, and I'm just going to exist. But God has never called us to be comfortable. So what he does is he then creates this court setting. And that's why I said hope versus the hopelessness. He creates this court setting because in a court, you've got to fight your case. You've got to fight your case. Testimony is actually a legal term. You've got to give your testimony in the court. 
But we know that there are true testimonies and there are false testimonies. And like that scripture says, there are false gods and then there's the one true God. And what the writer is telling the Israelite people is that you are God's witnesses. And in order for people to have revelation that there is only one true God, you need to be a witness and tell them what I have done for you. You got to fight. You see, we are in a world where either someone has hope or they got a fake hope. Either someone has Jesus or they're holding on to a promise that's never going to sustain them. There are people in our life, there are people who we surround ourselves with every day who are clinging on to fake gods. They're holding on to fake hope. And God is saying to us, children, you've got a powerful testimony and I've called you to be my witness wherever you go so that you can share and be a witness to those who don't have hope. People who are lost, and by the grace of God, they will be found. People who are deaf, and they will hear for the first time. People who are blind, and they will see by the grace of God. Again, I have to remind you tonight, you have got a powerful testimony. When Jesus is in your life, you have got a powerful testimony that he wants to use to see people turn from false gods and turn to the one true God. This world we live in, it's a courtroom. And they're going to be people advocating for fake gods, but God's calling us to be a witness for him, to tell the truth, to share our testimony, to share the fact that we were once lost, but now we are found by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus, that we can be his witnesses wherever we go. And the encouraging thing for you and I is that Jesus would never expect us to do something that he never did. Jesus lived that piece of scripture out. He didn't just exist, but he went to people who were hopeless and witnessed to them so they could find hope and experience freedom. We're going to read, and I'm just going to read over it quickly, and it's John 4 verses 1 to 26, and it's the Samaritan woman at the well. That's a powerful story of, of Jesus breaking down barriers so that someone could experience true hope for the first time. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired uh, as, he was, uh, uh, as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did all his, as also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give, uh, give them will become in, in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have uh, is not your husband. So what you have said is quite true, sir, the woman said. I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors, ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming uh, and has now come when a true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. Don't know what's going on there. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. Now, it's an interesting story because Jesus was a Jew, like scripture said, and he almost had to divert on his journey. He was going to a place, but he needed to take a shortcut because something was going to happen to him if, if he didn't. And he stopped at this well. It's an interesting discussion that he had with this woman because firstly, like we mentioned before, Jews and Samaritans, they just didn't speak. They were like the worst of enemies. Secondly, in those times, it wasn't custom for a woman to be drawing water by herself. In fact, it was almost frowned upon. So for Jesus to be with a woman by herself also would have been frowned upon. But Jesus understood that this woman was hopeless. This woman clearly was in a rough season of life. She had five husbands and the man that she was living with was not her husband. She was by herself. The community she lived in, lived in rejected her and that's why she went at noon. Noon was also the hottest part of the day. It was the hardest to draw water. So clearly she wanted to be isolated. Clearly she had no hope. But Jesus broke down the barriers and spoke to her, reached out to her and gave her the true hope and that was Jesus. He broke down the barriers. Jesus wouldn't expect you to share your testimony if he hadn't done the same thing. He shared hope to this woman who was hopeless. We've got people in our life where we've almost rejected and gone, I'm not going to spend any time with that person. I'm not going to make any effort with that neighbor or that work colleague or that family member or that friend. But Jesus is telling us everyone deserves to experience the hope of Jesus. The same hope that you have in your heart, everybody deserves to have that hope. Everybody deserves to carry a testimony when Jesus came into their life. What a season we're in where we have the privilege of being able to allow people to experience the hope of Jesus for the first time. People who were lost, people who were broken, people who were destined to hell are going to be destined for heaven. Why? Because we're a church who believes in reaching the lost. We're a church who believes that we carry a powerful testimony and that testimony needs to be shared because it's all for the glory of Jesus. 
There are wells in our life that we've been avoiding that God is asking us to go to. Where there are people who are hopeless, drawing water by themselves, isolated, have no hope, have no future, who can experience the hope of Jesus for the first time. Luke 8 verse 39, Jesus wasn't a stranger in telling people to go and share the hope that he had brought into their life. Return home, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. We've been called to go. We've been called to share. And there's five points that I want to encourage us with where we can get practical when it comes to sharing hope, just as Jesus taught us. Number one, the first thing you and I have to know about is that hope is for everyone. Matthew 28 verses 19, it's the Great Commission. It says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to challenge us tonight and go, who do we think we are that we would stop someone from receiving the hope of Jesus? If Scripture says that we need to go to all nations, to all places of work, to all family members, to all friends, to all work colleagues, who are we to stop people from sharing the hope that we hold on to? There are people who we've been commissioned to by our Savior, Jesus, to take hope to. Everyone deserves to have the hope that we carry. Hope is for everyone. So can I ask you to take a moment in these next couple of weeks as we lead up to Easter, maybe there's people who you've cut off from sharing and inviting and, and letting them know what God's doing in your life. Can you just break down that wall, whatever it is, and allow Jesus to do what only He can do. Invite them, pray for them, encourage them. Let them know about the hope that's in your heart. Number two, sharing requires patience. You know, I love the testimonies after Easter where people invited friends and family and they got saved and now they're on fire for Jesus. They did growth track. We, we get to share those testimonies every single year. And we, we love those testimonies because it's the power of the invite. There's the power of sharing hope. But we also love celebrating and, 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 and praising God for are the family members who, who people have been spending years inviting to come to church. Or the friends that have constantly rejected invitations, but the one year they said yes, they met Jesus for the first time. Sometimes hope and sharing hope requires a bit of patience. Never give up on sharing your hope with people. Because God's not going to give up on them. Luke 8 verses 5 to 8. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Other seed, um, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, uh, which grew up with and choked, sorry, um, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I'm currently watching Clarkson's Farm. It's a very funny series if you watched it. And just seeing what they do and, and the, the strategies of farming. And, and sometimes they, they plant seeds and it, it takes 
root and it starts to grow, but then these beetles come in and they completely eat the crop. But then he has this advisor and says, yes, you've lost the crop, but don't worry, next season's coming and you can plant again. You see, this is a season, in fact, we live in a season all the time where we can invite people and where we can sow the seeds and we can plant those seeds. And sometimes those seeds aren't going to fall on the right heart and they're going to reject those seeds. But there's always going to be another season. And when the season comes, I encourage you to share your hope and to share your testimony. Because when we keep sowing, we're going to trust God that it's going to fall on the right soil. And that person's going to say yes, they're not going to say no. And they're going to meet Jesus. And they're going to start to carry your hope. So sharing requires patience. Number three, hope has to go to hopeless places. Matthew 9 verses 12 to 13. On hearing this, Jesus says, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what that means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. The sick need a doctor. I love hearing testimonies. And I love it when people share their testimonies at church. But can I encourage you? Don't keep your testimonies among these four walls. There's a lot of hope in this building. But there are a lot of hopeless places we surround ourselves with every day. Hopeless people, hopeless work colleagues, hopeless neighbors. The same testimony you share with your brothers and sisters in Christ, share with those people. Let them know what God has done in your life. That you've been broken free from addiction, that you've had relationships restored, that, that you were, were, were broken, that you had no purpose, that you had no direction, but when you met Jesus, that all fell into place. Hope needs to go to hopeless places. Number four, sharing our victory helps people believe they can receive that victory. Our greatest victory is that we were once destined for hell, but now we're going to go to heaven. It's the greatest victory. The greatest miracle we celebrate on a Sunday is not when arms grow back or people who are blind see. It's when people who were lost are now found. It's salvation. Salvation is the greatest miracle we celebrate as a church because we understand everything is secondary to that. But God has brought victory in your life. Share that victory with others so they can experience the hope that you've experienced. It could, be that, it could be that relationship. It could be that purpose. I don't know what it is, but we understand that that was God. And if God brought that victory in your life, share it with people. Let them know, hey, God did this for me. And if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Because He loves me the same as much as He loves you. Share your victories to others can experience it too we live in a place of victory we, will ne- we aren't victims we, we are people who, 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 who just you know, fall easily we understand that because of Christ we walk in this victory we walk in this hope we walk in this expectation because we were lost but now we were found we have to be witnesses in this world in a courtroom battle thank you Jesus what are we going to do now and just for a few minutes, can I ask us to stand? And we didn't plan it, but the second worship song, I actually want us to sing again. And it speaks about witnessing what Christ has done in our life. Because that's what God's called us to do, is to be a witness for Him, to go out to all nations, 
to witness, to celebrate, to tell people, hey, there's this hope and His name is Jesus. Let us share this hope, church. We can't be selfish and keep it to ourselves. We've got to take it to the hopeless places. We've got to share our victory so that people can experience the same victory that Christ has given us. So can we stand surrendered tonight? And maybe you're struggling to be a witness that God's called you to be. As you sing this song, may it encourage you to invite, even if it's one person, or to share, even if it's to one family member or to one friend, but don't hold your testimony to yourself. Share it with others. Right now, can, can I ask us to close our eyes? Just as we stay in this attitude of worship, the last point is that sharing hope leads to salvation. It says in John 4 verses 39, and this was after Jesus had shared that he was the true hope to the Samaritan woman. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we, are no, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We have now heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. They said, this man really is the savior of the world because she shared her testimony with them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But as our eyes are closed in this moment of worship, the greatest testimony I can ever share with you is the testimony of what Jesus did for us. Jesus came down and he lived this life where he served his father. But he knew that he was going to give his life as a sacrifice so that we, if we believe in him, would not perish but spend eternity in heaven with our father one day. And because Jesus did this, we can believe what it says and holding on to that hope the promise that He's given us. It's the testimony that I live in. I believe in the promise that Jesus gave us. And I believe that when I die, I will spend eternity in heaven with our Father. The craziest thing you and I can do is to go to sleep tonight, not knowing where we would go when we leave this world. Jesus will always be our greatest testimony. The power of that testimony will see so many people encouraged. So if you want to experience the love and grace and promise of Jesus, if you want to start living in this testimony that Jesus has promised you, because maybe you are lost and maybe you feel like the Samaritan woman who, who's hopeless and, and you just have no direction and, and you're struggling in so many areas, can I let you know that when Jesus comes into your life, He starts to work the only way He can work. But most importantly, He promises you eternity. So if that's you tonight, everyone's eyes are closed out of respect. On the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, if you want to make that decision, thank you, Jesus, I see that hand. If there's anyone else who wants to make the greatest decision to invite Jesus into their heart, there's another hand. Thank you, Jesus. No one's looking. This is between you and Jesus. If you feel hopeless, if you feel lost, when you invite Him into your life, you start living with purpose. You start living with eternity in mind. Church, can we pray together? Jesus, thank You. 
Tonight, I declare that I am a sinner and I've fallen short and I ask you for your forgiveness. I declare that you are my Lord and Savior and that I live for you. Today, I pray that you keep me, that you guide me, that you show me your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Awesome. Church, you can take your seats. We're going to end the service in just a bit. You will see that on your seat, there is an Easter invitation, which Frank is going to give to me so I can show you. Can I encourage you that this is one of the many ways that we can share our hope in this Easter season? You see, what the Samaritan people said is, we no longer believe what you said, we believe because we've heard what Jesus said. Sometimes people will believe on your testimony, but sometimes they will encounter Jesus for the first time when they come to the building. We've got people who are hopeless, who need to hear about Jesus. And this is an incredible opportunity for us to invite them to our Easter experience. I believe and I'm praying and we trust in that we're going to see a revival of salvations across all of our locations. But don't give up on those family members. Don't give up on those friends. doesn't matter how far gone they are. Jesus can always draw them back. But all he's asking us to be is witnesses, to share our hope that we've experienced so that he can work the greatest miracle, the miracle of salvation. So please take this, invite someone, give it to them. Phone them, let them drive with you to come to church over the Easter weekend. Let them know that the best story they're ever going to hear is the story of Jesus. Amen? Amen, amen. Don't forget, if you want to write on our God Can form those names, we're going to pray over those names three times this week. We're going to trust with you and we're going to pray for those people. We're going to pray that God will lead them to this place. And another way is don't forget, we can take photos outside in front of our God Can. We want that to be our profile pictures so that people ask the question, hey, why have you got God Can in your profile picture? And we're going to go, well, let me tell you something. And we get to share the hope of Jesus. Have a blessed week. I think I've remembered everything. Are you guys pumped? Go grab a cup of coffee. Don't just leave. Let's connect off the service. God bless you guys.